Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my 20s. I'm so excited that you guys are here. My name's Sophia. I started this podcast in the beginning of April and I got furloughed at the end of March. And quite honestly, it was so hard for me to comprehend and deal with that. I was like, I have two choices right now. I can start the podcast that I've always wanted to start or I can let this really deter me and start emotional eating and just sit on the couch and do nothing. And I decided to go with the first choice. And I'm so glad that I did because I've got to meet so many inspiring people from all over the world. And I hope that you guys see yourselves in some of these stories because I've just been having so much fun. This has been lighting me up so much. And I'm really glad that I put myself out there and decided to start it. You know, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to start it. And I'm so glad that I just did that. And I know as an introvert, it's been pretty hard to like put myself out there, talk in front of a camera, talk to all these people I don't know. But I feel like this has been such a growing experience for me. And I feel like I need to share that with you guys because maybe there's something in your life that excites you but kind of scares you at the same time. And maybe it's time to step into that. Today's guest is Donna. I love chatting with her. We talk about what inspired her to start Sage Fund. Was it like running a business with her boyfriend and tips that she has for starting to invest and so much more. So let's get started. So thank you so much, Sana, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Awesome. So tell me about your background. How did you get into the field you're in right now? What did that look like for you? Yeah, so my background is in psychology. That's what I studied. I spent three years in England doing it as a bachelor. Then I decided that I wanted to work and earn money and be more independent. So I decided to back to Germany and I was working in an NGO in Berlin. It was a vegan NGO. And I mean, it was a really great experience to work there. But I realized that activism or activism wasn't my thing. I really like being very pragmatic and being driven like by results that I can see in numbers <laughs> and that was always a struggle for me at the NGO so I decided to leave and go more towards business and I started working in a startup I was the user researcher and UX uh, analyst so I was um, dealing with the human side of the product so it was a hardware product it's a water distiller that that realizes your water but yeah, so it's kind of a hardware product and they have like a patent on it, but the engineers don't really understand so much the perspective of the consumer, at least not too much. So this was my role. And it was really exciting because there there were maybe a third of the team were women, but they weren't that many as compared. I think the entire engineering team was was male almost. So it was kind of exciting to work in technology and to be in business. And then I realized, okay, I can, as a person with a background in, in, in a social science, I can also be in tech and I can be in business. And that was really quite a revelation to me because when I studied psychology, like your path was to be a therapist or work in a hospital or something like that. And I was kind of thrilled to learn that you could use it much more widely and that you can do product development and things like that and then after like a year I decided to leave and I actually wanted to do a master in management in Europe don't you don't I mean there are MBAs but it's much more common that you do a master in management so that's what I wanted to do is like an MBA 
And then I even got accepted. And then I decided that not to do it and to found a business instead. Because if you really want to learn about business, maybe it's better to do it and to maybe try try to see how it works from the ground up. And that was also the advice I got from from a few people that are like executives and big tech companies. They just said, oh, just go for it. If you fail, uh, you were 26, like no one cares if you fail. <laughs> and And you will learn a lot because you're the person making a lot of the decisions and seeing seeing every step along the way so that's kind of how it happened and then I decided to found a company with my boyfriend that I was dating for six years he was a founder before and he built a company that uh, succeeded and he yeah it was really really exciting to watch him also go through and he wanted to found a company again so we decided to do it with each other and then we found um, a person who does our technology so we're three people now plus an, a tech advisor that we have. He's from a really big fintech in Germany. So we're like a good team now. So it's kind of exciting, yeah, to start this, yeah. Have you always been interested in technology? What started your interest? Yeah, I'm actually kind of, but more in a theoretical way. I don't really know how technology actually works. You know, I cannot code. I I wouldn't know what a lot of the hardware looks from the inside. I have built my own computer with the help of my boyfriend. So that was really fun. But I was always really interested in tech because my father, he was an engineer and he founded a company in IT. And I always like was around that. And then I also like learned about the power of technology. I mean, technology is the thing that is like changing our lives like so fundamentally. So I was always interested from this cultural perspective, like how does it impact people? How is it impacting us to be on our phones like so much? How will we evolve through new technology and all these like trends, but kind of always like centering the human in it because we are the people making it and we are the people consuming it. So I always like to look at it from this human perspective. <laughs> yeah. And what is that like running a business with your boyfriend? It's really fun. It's really, really fun. So when I was at ProVeg, this uh, vegan NGO was working there. My boyfriend was also working there. He was in a different department. And at some point we were in, in a team supporting the executives. And we, and we were a few other people in this team as well. And it was very fun working with each other. You know, in our private life, we have a lot of um, things that are complementary. Like I'm more creative and he's more structured. I'm more emotional, I would say, and more like empathy and all these, yeah, emotional things are very important to me. And he's extremely logical. So, and we respect that so much about each other, these differences. So when we were working, it had like such a good synergy. And I mean, then we did like, he did his own work. He was, yeah, doing some consulting and um, I was working at the startup and then we did like totally different things. But then when I started learning about investing, I was like sharing all my knowledge with him and we would like, and then he would also learn about it and we would just like, like chat so much about it and like, like just realize just how powerful it is and how much impact it has. Um, but actually how little people, especially in Germany, probably in the US is quite different. I think a lot of people invest in the US, but in Germany, a lot of people, like most people don't invest, like maybe only 15% of Germans invest, even though they earn very well so we were talking about okay what's why are they not doing it what's the problem we, we were also talking to our friends about it when we were meeting them and yeah and we realized 
oh, we, we're like both so inspired by this. <laughs> and yeah, so at some point we were like, oh, maybe we should like found something. <laughs> yeah. And how'd you meet him? I met him, at, I met him on OkCupid. It's like a dating app. I mean, now OkCupid is so different, but it was like, I don't know, six years ago. So I met him on a dating app. And then I realized he was working at the university where I was about to study. We met, we met in Brighton at the University of Sussex. And yeah, and he was like working in the business department, like studying leadership from a social neuroscience perspective. And he was like doing research there, like working as an associate researcher. And I was studying psychology. So we had that so much in common talking about, yeah these things so we, we just meet on campus for lunch and chat and then we were like friends for almost a year and then we decided to date yeah mm-hmm. and then I convinced him to move to Germany <laughs> and he doesn't regret it so I'm very glad <laughs> <laughs> and what inspired you to get into investing yeah just realizing how powerful it is a lot of people don't know how much of a difference it makes to your financial situation like it's mind-blowing like the difference say you are saving money on your savings account for let's say 40 years like the time you have in your career and let's say you started with 20k and you are like saving i don't know like 400 every month like by the end if you just leave it on your a bank account you make some 200 like 55,000. but if you're investing it in the global stock market you're you're making um, 1.4 million by the end of your retirement like that's the difference between retiring with almost not enough money to being a millionaire you know and that's not doing anything fancy that's just the average global stock market that's you doing absolutely nothing and still people are scared to do it so it's like they're just misinformed like yeah (laughs) and if you want to start investing where's like a good place to start ETF, ETFs. I mean, but before you um, start investing at all, it's important to learn the basics. That's a really good thing to do. There's really great like YouTube videos and really amazing like blogs and resources. I know some are very cumbersome, like they use a lot of jargon, but there is more and more uh, people who are speaking about it in in a human way, (laughs) in a way that um, like in plain English, in a way that other people can understand. So it's just good to learn some basics. And if it's too hard for you to do it on your own, you can use a platform, you know, like they charge you a management fee, but um, it's still better than not doing it and or feeling very insecure about your choice all the time and then like chickening out when you shouldn't. So I think you, you guys in the US, like you have great platforms. Like I'm very envious. We don't have such amazing platforms here in Europe. Europeans are much more conservative about their money, about technology in general. So this is why I'm building a platform that actually does what a lot of the platforms in the US are doing and bringing it here and obviously adapting it to the context here. But yeah, so I think in the US you have like personal capital, wealth front, yeah, stuff like that. And if you do it on your own, then you can start investing in ETFs and I would always recommend uh, checking how sustainable your ETFs are and how, how sustainable your stocks are there's a lot of um, data on that out there it really makes a difference for the environment I think if you if you invest uh, sustainably it's like a 27% reduction of CO2 on average on your portfolio and and you make more money actually like 
ESG and SRI, that's, um, that's like a short for sustainable investing, uh, has made you more returns on average over the past 10 years and has been more um, resilient in times of crisis, like in Corona, the dips wasn't so bad and the recovery was faster. So these are often companies that care about sustainability are companies that take a more holistic approach to their business in general. And that over longer time periods, that is just makes your business resilient. So I would really, really, really look out for that. Like you're not making a compromise by choosing more responsible businesses. And what is Sage Fund? How did you come up with the name? <laughs> and what is it? <laughs> yeah, how did I come up with the name? I really like Sage. <laughs> it's like a great plan. It has, it's a nice color. It kind of means wise as well. Like it has all these like meaning that is kind of attractive to me. And so I decided to call it Sage Fund. And fund, my goal is to have a fund at some point. Like right now, it's people will be um, getting an automatically managed portfolio. So that's a combination of ETFs that we that, that fit well um, with each other. But later on, I want to make it a fund. So actually buying all the things independently we will also use ETFs, but it's cheaper for the customer and it makes us more money. So it's a win-win, but the upfront costs are higher and I'm not at that point where I can make my own fund, but that's my goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what is Sage Fund? Sage Fund is a digital wealth management platform similar to Wealthfront and Personal Capital, but we focus exclusively on sustainable offerings. And our goal is our vision is to help people understand their finances. So our planning for their long-term goals, how we help them save, we help them give them an overview of their finances and how they can achieve their goals. And we recommend them investments that help them reach those goals faster and more efficiently. And yeah, that's the goal. And for launch, we are starting with, with a product that is aimed to replace your savings account for saving. I mean, the situation is now not that different in the US, but in Europe, you you don't get any interest rate anymore on your savings account. If you're saving larger sums of money, the interest is even negative. So what we've done is we've created an ETF portfolio that is very, very stable in performance, but it also has lower returns, but it makes you enough returns that you can offset inflation and have extra when you save. So it's around 3%. And yeah, so we are making that as a replacement to people's uh, savings account. So that's the first product. And 3%, it doesn't seem like that much, but over time, how much does it end up being? Well, it depends. I mean, we can look at a, um, at a calculator. You know, these compounding interest calculators? I love them. <laughs> I mean, let's say, um, let's do this one. I mean, let's say, yeah, we can say something like you started with 20K, 20,000 and you're saving how much let's say 200 every month or I don't know what's a good savings rate 300 something like that let's say 300 times 12 okay now let's see what that is without investing so okay so one second okay so if you're if you are investing that money you would be making 13 more in the end over a 10-year time period. And what advice would you give someone who's maybe scared to start investing? Hmm, that's a good one. Probably two, two pieces of advice. One is to think long-term because the thing that is scary about investing is the short-term. 
because the market is really volatile so it moves a lot like it's changing all the time and also I think around every 10 years there's a recession like that's how it is so it's kind of good to keep the bigger picture like that is normal it's normal that it's that it's moving but if you are if you have a long horizon like seven years plus like your chances of like you you're almost very unlikely that you will be making less money like it's incredibly unlikely if anything you're you're likely to be losing the money to inflation if you don't invest it so if you have a long time period like your retirement you're you're actually always winning if you invest so this the thing that's scary about investing is the speculation which is what a lot of people confuse with investing is people who are buying and selling stocks and who are looking for the next big thing and then they're like trying to buy it cheap and sell it high and then they um, tend to lose um, because it's a zero-sum game right like you win if I made a better bet than you and you lose that money you know but if you don't do this type of investment let's call it speculating, then investing can be really safe, especially if you diversify your money. So I think that's a thing Americans do a lot. I think they put almost all their money in American stock, in the American stock market. And I mean, the American stock market is great, but um, if you invest globally, it's a lot safer because sometimes like certain economies are not doing that well, but other economies are doing incredible. So they offset it. So if you like make it diversified and you wait, then it's very, very safe thing to do i'm not supposed to say that i think because i think legally you're supposed to tell someone there's a chance that you will lose everything but that just has never happened like over the last 150 years of stock investing like no no entire like market like the entire global market economy has always gained you know so it's actually quite safe and then my second advice yeah what what would be another advice to think long term i'm not sure i think that's the best one. <laughs> yeah when's like a good age to start investing yeah immediately i mean the the best time is to start when you're like born or even before you're born <laughs> i don't know like the moment you can you should just start i don't think there is a right time um, because no one knows when is the right time like no one knows how the market will behave. Like every every expert who predicts what happens, like almost all of them turn out to be wrong. Like if you put a sh- if you put like a chimpanzee, make them just like randomly pick stocks, and you have a professional analyst, the chimpanzee performs better because he chose randomness. So it's very like funny that way. Like people are saying, oh no, now is not a good time, or this trend will happen, or whatever. But the truth is that the market generally grows. So the the best is to start as soon as you can so you can have more time to grow yeah and could you go into like 401ks iras different things that we should be doing to prepare for retirement yeah the thing is i'm in in europe and i know a lot about the german system i don't know it that well in the u.s so i don't think i'm the best person equipped to give advice but you should use those for sure because of the tax uh, savings that you get so it's like worth like maxing maxing on them and make sure um, to, to check what they are invested in. Because just because if it's a 401k or the IRA, they, they can be in, invested in entirely different things. And oftentimes companies only offer you stock options as a stock in their company. So that's not very diversified. So make sure that if you are using it, that it's a diversified portfolio. So globally diversified, make sure that you have um, indexes from Europe, from Asia, from emerging market. You, yeah, that would be very important. And 
also make important that the management fees are very low like as low as you you possibly can because not only does your growth comp compound your costs do too and also um i think now it's more and more common but ask for the sustainable options so because usually there are sustainable versions of similar funds of similar etf and yeah i think they are good for your wallet and good for the planet so definitely um ask about do they have those options in europe or yeah a lot we have a lot more i think than in the us i checked on the us exchanges there were a fewer of those versions i think that europeans i don't know i cannot say cuz i'm not in the us but for example in germany um sustainability is just always a hot topic like everywhere it's yeah it's also on the agenda of every major institution it's it's like kind of everyone's problem in a way so the the momentum is very high here so it's 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 much easier i think to find those options and to have people like not shame you out of them you know if anything like want to encourage you yeah so maybe in the us it's a little harder <laughs> i don't know or what do you think i mean you live here i don't know i was um do you guys have 401k's and iras in europe yeah too, we or? have something similar yeah we have equivalent things yeah is there any risks that you took to start your business yeah definitely i mean in the in that time i'm not i'm not taking other jobs for example where maybe the career progression is more stable or where um it's more obvious what it is on my cv you know like i'm not working in a corporate or a startup with a certain brand or something like that so if this doesn't go well you know and it fails then yeah it could be seen as a risk that it it looks like something that doesn't exactly fit in in my cv so that's one and the other one is of course it's a financial risk I mean, yeah, I mean I'm like putting also a lot of my own money in there. I have yeah, and you take money from other people and um you don't want to disappoint them. So it's a lot of responsibility um on your shoulders that yeah, to try to to do the best you can and there's a high risk that it won't, will not work and you have to live with that risk every day that this might not work. I think <clears throat> most uh, startups fail. So <laughs> you have to be be ready to fail but do your best. And what inspired you to take the risk? I mean it was also coming from myself because I'm always very I always do my like I always have to do things my own way and I always get a little bit in trouble with authority like since I was little you know I was like oh why can't we do it like this or why are we not, not doing that or just always kind of being very self-directed and that has worked very well for me uh, in many ways because I I just I get what I want because I just do it, you know. But um at the same time it's hard to feel content with not doing your own thing. Like you kind of don't feel like you have a choice. You know, if I work in a company, I'm like, okay, how long like do I have to do this until I can do it my own way, you know? So it almost feels like like an inner like force. <laughs> And the other one is um also advice I got, you know, I I said that I wanted to do something like an MBA. and then my sister's partner he's an executive at, at SAP so he's like in the upper management there the SAP is Europe Europe's biggest tech company in terms of market share and he said no just like found like just do it like this is how you learn about it and you're young you'll get over it if it doesn't work like you don't have mortgage you don't have children you don't have those things so it's the best time to take a risk is when you're young and i was like that's rational so 
I, I'll do it. And being like, we were talking earlier about being the only woman in the room. And how have you gotten like comfortable being in rooms where you're the only woman? Getting comfortable. I mean, in the end, you're interacting with, right? Like gender matters a lot to how you perceive things and how you were educated. And gender matters a lot, of course. But in the end, when you're in a room, you're you're dealing with people. So you have to treat them like people and you have to make sure that you're treated always like a person. And I, to be fair, I do use like strategies to deal with it. It's everything I do work-wise, I try not to wear much makeup. Um, I wear quite conservative clothes. I try to, to, of course, I'm like friendly, but I try to keep that a little bit in check because I don't want other people to get some kind of impression. Because I think um, that it can happen a lot at work that like men might be interested in you or something. And you have to make sure that that professional boundary is always very, very clear. That is a little bit um, tedious, but most people are like, most people are really nice that I work with. Like almost everyone, I really like them and they treat me with respect. So I have to treat them with respect. It's just a funny thing you notice. Like, why am I the only one here? That is so weird. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like what I'm, what I'm doing, what they're doing cannot be done by women. So why aren't there women? And what started your personal development journey? Hmm, probably several things. So my family is originally from Iraq. So they they were immigrants. So I grew up with immigrants. So that was always very interesting. And also they were Muslim. I'm, I mean, I'm an atheist, but they were Muslim. So, and I was dealing with Germans who were either Christian or atheist. So it was always very um very strange just having this kind of culture clash and that kind of had got me thinking a lot you know about like the way people are and I think like since I'm very young I think a lot about those things like why like that what they think is very normal is totally not normal like from my point of view or from the point of view of my family like or what they think is weird about us is totally normal for us and that I found really funny because they're like a fish in water. They're not realizing they're in water. And when you grow up with only one culture, you're not realizing that this culture is actually quite strange in a way and like not like what is normal. It's it's peculiar in many ways. And I feel like that awareness I had it when I was very young. So I think that always made me think a lot. So that's definitely one thing. And then the other is kind of a bit more tragic, but like I said, my family is Muslim and I'm not, and I'm kind of grew up in uh, Western society. I had a lot of like problems with them about like living life my own way. That also was like a source of growth. I mean, it was a lot of struggle, but it was also a source of growth for me and for them. So yeah, just kind of dealing with cultural differences has been a big theme. What is something lighting you up right now? Lighting me up? Mm-hmm. Let me think. There's actually a lot of things, but I'm trying to think about something like meaningful or like interesting. The thing is right now, to be honest, I enjoy like a lot of simple things at the moment. <laughs> and I'm trying to get better at that. Like just being grateful for like all kinds of like very basic things in your life (laughs) especially since corona like I'm actually just happy when I can see my friends that they're not sick you know because like sometimes they they get sick and everyone's paranoid you know (laughs) and then they're just like knowing people are safe it's like 
is nice. But something that's getting me very excited is probably growing my company. That's something that excites me every day. Yeah. And just also seeing that it's growing. I mean, we, we don't have customers yet because we're still building the platform, but like we signed really big contracts with banks and we got invited to speak and I got invited to speak even more and just kind of more and more people signing up to my newsletter and just like all these, yeah, things happening and just like watching it become a real thing. It's very weird, um, but it's a really rewarding experience. What is something that most people don't know about you? That I can be very sensitive, like emotionally, <laughs> that because I'm usually quite happy and kind of confident and assertive and I kind of know what I want, then I think I at least sometimes I feel maybe people think like I'm okay with everything or that I'm kind of like maybe invincible in some way. At least that's a feedback I got um, a little bit sometimes. And then people being surprised when stuff they say like really lingers or uh, when like certain comments can make me really insecure <laughs> and just kind of like maybe admitting like a certain kind of like vulnerability, you know, that you can be both kind of confident and like vulnerable that they're not exclusive things what is something that you're learning right now something i'm learning right now these are very interesting questions <laughs> they're making me really think <laughs> so a big lesson is not expecting too much quite a perfectionist and i always expect a lot or i expect to see results very fast or I expect myself to know and be able to do things very fast and get like very disappointed when i don't measure up to like my ideal and that is kind of so it's actually a source of suffering uh, in my life <laughs> so kind of like learning to let that go and just take things more as they're coming it's really, really hard for me, but I'm, I'm actually starting to do it. And I'm starting to notice that there is a shift coming. I have the fear that it will make me maybe less of a performer than I am, but I hope that the reduce in like stress actually does that, that being more calm and maybe having more clear thoughts that that actually will still help me to like perform. So it's, but it's feeling better. That's for sure. <laughs> And if you could go back in time and talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell her? Maybe don't force things so much. Like, it's okay to take things, like, take small steps, you know? Like, you, that, I don't, that you don't always have to, to take, like, a big leap. Yeah, that it's kind of okay to slowly start something, see how you feel, and then just increase, increase the intensity or increase the responsibility or something like that because I think I used to be really like no I have to do it all at once I have to start at the deep end of things you know and then like obviously managing and then like growing from it but it's just coming at like such an exhaustion and like such a cost and that I don't think that's necessary like I think you know just doing it step by step is fine thank you so much for doing this <laughs> you're welcome where can people connect with you? Uh, oh, yeah, that's nice. So I would say my LinkedIn is a good place because it's kind of like a good mix of what I do professionally and things I'm interested in. Um, so, yeah, like my LinkedIn is I'm Sana uh, uh, Al-Badri. So A-L, um, what's this? Dash? No, no. 
Has like an underscore. No, it's not an underscore. It's like it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Ah. The subtraction sign. Yeah, no, yeah, like you see yeah. it in my name, <laughs> A L, and then yeah, like a <laughs> that thing, you know, and then yeah. capital B A D R I. Like it would be nice to connect to people. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.